The 45th anniversary of one of the most infamous plane crashes in music history, plus a little bit of drum talk with Artemis Pyle today on the Music Universe podcast. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> People got to wait till the end to see what happened, but you're kind of sitting on cloud nine, aren't you? I am. I am. Uh, the the uh, interview took a little great left turn there at the end so you have to have to watch it all but uh, artemis pile i mean famous for Leonard skinner of course and he's got his own artemis pile ayp band or ap ap band i guess apb apb artemis pile band yeah i don't know where the y came from i guess because it has he has a y in his name so we're yeah. um excited that he joined us to chat about the 45th anniversary of that plane crash and uh, what he's got coming soon as well that he's working on. So yes. uh, we're really excited about that. Yeah, there's a film called Street Survivors. It's out now that came out in the pandemic and now they're kind of re-releasing it because they want to be considered in a couple of different categories. And of mm -hmm. course, COVID was just such a terrible time in 2020 to release something. So this is kind of a, starts out as kind of a sobering chat, but then we get to talking about new music and touring and the surprise at the end that blew us both away. So here's the interview with Artemis Pyle. Artemis Pyle, drummer for Leonard Skinner. Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Matt. And how are you, buddy? I'm great, huh? Drummer to drummer. I guess you're doing pretty well there. Well, I'm 74 and I, you know, playing drums keeps you young. You know, I'm hard as a rock. And, uh, <laughs> Um, I, I, I really believe all my children, I have eight children and grandchildren and, uh, they all play drums. Oh, wow. Even my little granddaughters, I start them off on drums because I'm sure you guys will agree that no matter what instruments you go to and my youngest son river, he's 23 up at Appalachian state university in Boone studying sustainable environment. And, um, he's amazing drummer. Uh, but he, his last instrument, he plays everything, but he plays trombone. So no matter what instruments you play, guitar, trombone, oboe, cello, you have to learn time. Mm -hmm. So I start them all off on drums. So we are a very tribal family. <laughs> what? Well, and, and, and drums, I would say, is the most physical instrument because you're moving all limbs at all times. Well, I, I know that I do. I, I set my cymbals very high. And what I do is very physical. You you can't play Leonard Skinner music kind of, you know, just you, you have to lay into those songs. Yeah. And uh, I certainly do. Um, and, and, you know, if I get to the point that I'm not able to play the songs the way they should be played, then I will gladly, you know, step aside and, um probably take up a career as a, a stand-up comedian <laughs> and um, with Leonard Skinner and the Marine Corps being Gomer Pyle and everything that's happened to me in my crazy life, I have plenty of material to be a stand-up comedian, believe me. And I always tell people <laughs> that, that I'm going to play drums till I'm 100, then I'm going to switch to stand-up comedy. But uh, I, I, in my mind, I know that if I can't do the songs justice, I'm certainly not going to uh, um, 
you, you know, leave that as, as the lasting impression, me barely able to get through Freebird. Uh, that's not going to happen. Right. You've got an iconic catalog that you've, you've created with, with the band and you're still playing today. And today we're here to talk about mostly the Street Survivors movie. And I uh, just want to talk about uh, what, what inspired the movie 45 years later. Well, we released it during pandemic a few mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. It's hard to release a movie and a soundtrack under normal circumstances. Yeah. Right. And right. we, we did it under pandemic. I really feel like we got passed on a few of our categories, you know, original film soundtrack because our soundtrack was incredible. Uh, our band APB plays Leonard Skinner music better than any band in the world. We've been playing this music together for 12 years, at least. Mm -hmm. I'm 74. They're all in their 50s. They grew up with the music. I, the music is a part of my life, of course. Mm -hmm. So we play this music with fervor, uh, with ferocity, and we play it with accuracy and honor and integrity. And everywhere we play, people feel that. And Ronnie wrote nothing but hit songs, he wrote hit albums. So the uh when we play the people in the audience knows every word to every song when we open up for major southern rock bands and we play in front of 10 20 30 40,000 people the people when we do our set they come forward on us and they crowd the front they want to get close to this music and they fist bump and sing every song it's a phenomenon because sometimes the crowd is singing the words on a, at an outdoor show on a festival. I can hear the crowd drowning us out. That's amazing. So it's crazy. So the movie Street Survivors, the soundtrack, I did it with my sons, our band, APB. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, people out in Los Angeles, a guy named Christopher Rittenauer that wrote like a Game of Thrones kind of background uh, music did a beautiful job um, and friends of mine from Nashville, uh, Ed King, the great Ed King was actually, you know, uh, on the track that we did. It was an instrumental track and uh, it, it's called in memory of, and it's beautiful. It's all instrumental. They use it several times during the movie. Ed King played bass on that track and helped write it. So it was important for me to get Ed King as a part of the movie because he wasn't on the plane crash. But Ed is so important to Leonard Skinner and the sound and, and, and the, the arc of Leonard Skinner. Ed King is very much a part of that. So it was important for me to get him in there. My father is portrayed by a gentleman in the movie. It shows, you know, the last time I saw my dad. Um, at the airport where we took off from and then crashed. Hmm. So that was in the movie when uh, um, it's very haunting. And uh, so I am so proud of the movie because it's a movie that could have never been seen had we lost the lawsuit. It went to the yeah. Second Circuit Court of Appeals. We won, we prevailed, and we were able to finish the movie, but it was very difficult 
being sued and trying to work. And they were coming at me from all directions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, every day lawsuits were landing on my front porch, but we prevailed. So I won't be negative. I'll just say positive. We prevailed. The movie's out there. We did the best we could with what we had to do. We've got a beautiful soundtrack. The kids, you know, I say kids, um, the young people that portrayed us in the movie, uh, they put their hearts and souls into those roles, very much so. And uh, and and I, I commend them. Uh, they worked the guy that played me, uh, Ian Schultes, and the guy that played Ronnie, Taylor uh, Clift. It's like Taylor Swift, but Taylor Clift. <laughs> and the two of them, they worked them hard in that movie. Um, but they all did great jobs. So, you know, that's one thing that we com- our movies out there. I don't make a dime from it. I gave that story to Hollywood. You know, that can be forensically checked out. I do not make money on the movie. I wanted it to people to know what we went through. And I gave that story to Cleopatra Films in Los Angeles, California uh, for nothing. You know, I have to commend you for that because it is very, very rare for uh, bands or people from bands that have gone through known tragedies like a plane crash. It's also happened, of course, very famously to Reba McIntyre and a few others, of course, Buddy Holly and you have American Pie from Don McLean as a result. What led you to the decision to say, I'm not going to keep this locked away. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to tell this story. I have to have this story be told. Well, I, I feel what you're saying um, with the mention of all those other, you know, Patsy Cline. Yeah, um, of course. With, 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 uh, with all of that, uh, every time I play the music, I live these songs and I think about all of my friends. When we're doing the concerts, sometimes it, I get emotional. Yeah. Um, sometimes right in the middle when I least expect it, something I'll, will, you know, one of our guitar players, uh, Scott Rains or Jerry will do something and it reminds me of Steve Gaines and I'll, it'll it'll just hit me like a ton of bricks. So what really was the impetus was when you think about it, I'm in good health uh, for a 74-year-old guy, three airplane crashes, multiple car wrecks, motorcycle wrecks, shot, stabbed. <laughs> I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I can still play a two-hour show and end with Freebird, no problem. Um, but not every Leonard Skinner fan, you know, uh, we're all getting older and I wanted that story to be told the way it needed to be told because it's not a pretty, it, it's, it's intense. The crash itself, yeah. it was intense and I was never knocked unconscious. So in the movie, I wanted that intensity to come through and it did with today's CGI and everything. It, it's, uh, it's very emotional for me to watch. Um, but you know, what we did, uh, is tell that story and get it out there, um, for all time. And, and I, I wanted to make sure that that happened. That's why I never talked about, it's one of the reasons that we won the lawsuit. Mm -hmm. 
I never once mentioned money to my book company, my movie company, my, my record company. I never once asked for a dime from them. And they all knew that. That's one reason that we won. Three judges unanimously voted in our favor that I was allowed to tell my story, my own life story. Because, you know, uh, it's the First Amendment. So I had to narrow the scope a little bit and make the movie from my point of view. And I spent 22 hours with the producer and director, um, mainly the director, out in Los Angeles, two 11-hour days, uh, telling him the story. And I laughed, I cried, I laughed again, I cried again, I punched walls, I jumped up, I screamed, you know, I kicked thing, things. I A couple of times, I think I scared uh, our director. Uh, because yeah. I it just, I just got so, but I got it out. He made a script, and and we we got it uh, done, and so that's out there. Um, now I, I'm going to say something so Buddy will dig it. I'm recording an album with our band. Our band is recording an album. It is a tribute to Ronnie Van Zant, his music. And his band, of which I am one and glad to be included. Nobody would know my name if it wasn't for Ronnie Van Zant. Probably. I would have been a musician. I would have played with a lot of bands. But, you know, perhaps my arc would not have been the same. Yeah. Uh, but so we're doing this album. We don't have a working title. We don't uh, right now. We, we don't have a release date. But we have some of the greatest iconic singers of our time, male and female, singing on this album. Freebird, Simple Man, you know, Sammy Hagar is singing Simple Man. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. He put his heart and soul in it. Now, one thing I wanted to direct to you, buddy, because you're a drummer, is that I'm getting the best of all worlds, mm -hmm. right? I'm I'm a I'm in Nashville getting that great Nashville drum sound because my producer is Kent Wells. Oh wow. He worked with Dolly Parton for 35 years. He worked with Reba. He's worked with everybody. And Kent is giving me the best drum sound I've ever had. Plus, I don't have to play like a Nashville drummer. I don't have to not play. Right. right. There's you know what I'm saying? A yeah. lot of the stuff come out of Nashville. All they want is this flavor of the month, vocal, you know, sitting on a back porch talking about a pickup truck, my dog, grandma, grandpa, you know, drinking a beer, have some whiskey, all that bullshit, you know. Uh <laughs> and and the drummer is just basically not allowed to play. Right. Yeah. But I play the Skinnerd stuff. I'm going to play it like it's supposed to be played. So I'm, I'm, that's the good world. And then I get this great drum sound. So I am so happy to have this great sounding record that's coming out with people like Sammy Hagar, 
Billy Ray Cyrus saying, call me the breeze. He did a great oh, job. Wow. He wow. made it a, he made it a road song. And uh, I just wanted you guys to know that we're commemorating um, this 45th year by taking Ronnie's music and our music and the band's music and getting it, uh, giving it a, a, a modern sound and a little polish with some other people that want to put their their souls into delivering these vocals for Ronnie. And of course, for Steve and Cassie and, and Leon and Billy and, and Alan and everybody that we lost, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, and Jojo Billingsley. Um, so that's what's happening, guys. It's the 45th anniversary. And I hope to meet both of you. Please come to a show. Where are you guys? I'm in D.C. I'm, I'm in Bakersfield. Bakersfield, California. Yeah, we we played there with uh, Black Sabbath and uh, Fleetwood Mac. That's quite uh, a combination. Years <laughs> ago, yeah, it was yeah. amazing. And and you're in 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 DC, Matt. Uh, I'm excuse. Yes, me. sir. You're in DC. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you should I, come up. We have we have great venues up here. You, I'm sure you've been to the Birchmere, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen. If you guys get us a gig, and and uh, it, it, we our agency is Blue Raven out of uh, uh, New Jersey, okay, and um, we we love it up there. I'm a wimp when it comes to the cold winters, so that's why I live in the South. <laughs> I'll probably move to the Virgin Islands someday, uh, but um, not not this week. That they just got hit from with that yeah. hurricane. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh I gosh. love you guys. God bless. Uh, peace and peace and love, guys. Thank you. And uh, call me anytime. Get in touch with me. Come and see us. We will roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, <laughs> nice. and, and buddy, I can't wait for you to sit down on my drums. They're state of the art rock and roll hardware, baby. Well, hey, I I appreciate it. I have a Pearl reference kit and uh, the VAD um, rolling kit and uh, I'm, I'm ready to rock out with somebody because I haven't played with anybody in over a decade. I just play for myself right now. So I love to rock out with you guys. Well, you've got my information. If you ever come to North Carolina, come to my house. I got a 50 acre farm with five sets of drums set up in the studio. So well, well I, I, I might play just with have my... to make a special trip then. I play with my <laughs> sons all, all the time. You know, oh, we, we, and my awesome. daughters too. I mean, so, um, all right, guys. Um, Appreciate right. it. Bye Thank for you now. Very much, sir. Bye -bye. Take care. It was 45 years ago on October 20th in 1977 that that crash yep. happened. Um, you know, we lost obviously Ronnie Van Zant, Cassie Gaines, and several others. But one thing that I wanted to ask him about, but we didn't have time for, was if he thought, you know, that that was another day that the music died. You know, obviously with Buddy Holly that happened, and uh, just <laughs> thought it died probably happened again with with this and uh, you know his chest was actually ripped open and his ribs exposed mm -hmm. uh, during that plane crash um you know uh, he survived it and like you said Miracle. He was never unconscious during it so very uh, very interesting i've seen the film and uh, i saw it when it was initially released great film i do want to revisit that and uh, is it a know, documentary or a, or a dramatic film or, or a hybrid I believe it's more, uh, from what I recall, because like I said, it's been a couple of years since I've watched it. Uh, it's more of a kind of a dramatization of 
right. of what had happened. So I, I would say it, it's uh, a true film, true dramatization, but not really a documentary. And very cool that he just wanted to tell the story and not in it for the money, not taking a dime from it, right. as you heard him say. So very fascinating guy who's lived through a lot of music history, um, even though yeah. the world and the universe has tried to make him not live. He has come out and he has survived by the grace of God and uh, mm -hmm. just an amazing, amazing person. And hopefully you get to go and uh, bang on his uh, big drum kit there. Oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Like I said, I may have to make a special trip to to make that happen. So we'll uh, we'll have to follow up if that happens and obviously include some footage here. Should that happen? Um I don't know when or if, but uh, that's that's an awesome invite. And Artemis, if you're watching this, thank you again. I, that's very, very surprising and uh, excited. And hopefully we'll see him on the road. That that might actually happen before I make it to North Carolina. Oh, sure. A lot of traveling lately. Oh, sure. All righty. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And um, buddy, thanks for listening and watching. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Be sure to check us out at themusicuniverse.com. And Follow us on socials at The Music Uni. Take care.